0: The boss called me up and said, Come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk.
1: It's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This
0: is Me, She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You try to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Becca, Shane Madison. Madison
2: something that the mecca shane madison has had to deal with my
0: entire life
2: it doesn't matter because i guarantee
0: that the mecca will win
1: and producer chris he's just a money-making machine that guy As somebody who's featured regularly on their program i don't think he's gonna be able to take enough time away from his other adventures the guy is a mogul and
0: now
2: she's wrestling she's
0: wrestling Last week, we were three quarters of the way to the century mark of episodes. This week is 76, and we decided, you know what? 76 is a special number. Let's do something special. So rather than us rant and rave about local wrestling and you know, make fun of people, which we didn't, but- We'll do that next week. Yeah, we'll go back to our regular (laughs) format next week. But this week, we wanted to do something inspired by Dark Side of the Ring. It was funny. Something that we've promised. Yeah. And teased. So we've come across some interesting characters, you and me. Yes. In our 20, almost five-year friendship. 25. in 1999. Yeah. So we're going to do D's, torture. C's <laughs> of the local rees. Yes. And you know what that means in our lazy car. Our story is amazing. We started in River City Wrestling under Wayne Stanton. And then I went off to work in TV. I remember when I first met you. Yeah, it was a bumper's bar. I just showed up. Yeah. I
2: just showed up. You were
0: the booker, were you not? Well, I got in She's that night from the promoter because I benched two guys for, to make room for three and I got, in, I got in She's, but yeah, I was the booker and it was River City Wrestling Monday nights at Bumpers Bar and it was local. It was the epitome of local. Mm. So when we talk local, we've lived it. Oh yeah. We've lived low end local and we lived, it. we developed this added appetite to do better. You used to say, if you spend money you're to, in wrestling, you need, as a promoter, mm-hmm. you need to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. And that meant advertising. That meant you can't just think, Hey, I got a ring and I got a couple of guys that are going to come and pretend to wrestle great matches. Right. you got to actually have a commitment to quality. So I leave and go to CKX TV in Brandon. And then we come back, I come back and Bobby J has taken over what Wayne Stanton started and it's top rope championship wrestling. Yep. April of 2000. Well, this is, we're going back to, yeah, it was, That's I came, I came back fir- in later 2000. But
2: though. the first show TRCW was April of 2000 Yeah, and the ring broke down the first show and yeah. we had to basically wrestle on the floor.
1: Yes. So my experience. Oh, so you're one of those. Improvise. Yes.
2: Yeah. One of those no
0: ring deathmatch so guys. So I, I ended they up,
2: fixed it by the time I was in the ring.
0: So Vance Nevada was the booker for top rope, mm-hmm. but then he, in early 2001, he was going to leave to go to wrestle for Emile Dupree. the recently passed Emil, mm-hmm. and Grand Prix wrestling in the Maritimes. And he wanted a caretaker Booker, someone who was going to come in, take over for the three months he thought he was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And then he would come back and basically re-ascend re- back to the Booker position. And that was in like, I believe it was late February when it started, the okay. talk. And... I remember, and this is why I'm so grateful to you, Mecca Shane, Madison, is Bobby Jay, the promoter, wasn't sure he wanted me to book. And Vance mm-hmm. wanted somebody to placehold. And you had to call Bobby Jay and say, like, no, I think Mike has great ideas. You need to hear him out. And you got to give Mike a chance. And what I wanted to do is change the whole philosophy of our locker room. Hey, we're a team. Hey, we're all going to work together to draw people. Hey, we're going to work very hard to raise the bar. That was the big saying back then. We yep. got to raise the bar. Yep. This this isn't good enough. We can do better.
2: That's why I left Winnipeg to be trained. Yeah, because everybody here looked terrible.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to be lumped in as a Winnipeg guy. So Bobby gives me the book. Mm-hmm. We change up the lineups. Like you're the top babyface in the territory. We decide you're going to be the top heel. Mm-hmm. And we take TJ Bratt, who was the best heel on the crew, and we made him the top babyface. Yep. And the flip-flop worked. You had Will Damon and Donnie DiCaprio with you, who was also DiCaprio, a very good babyface. Yep. So you guys become MVP, this top heel group. Mm-hmm. And Bobby under so it, it starts to catch fire. We get the venue called the Palladium, which we'll talk about later how important yep. that was with Andrew Shellcross and Tom Manos. But And we started to really draw some good business with with Top Rope Championship Wrestling. 469 for one show. Yes. I remember
2: that specifically.
0: What happened when the top angle started to catch fire is everybody was coming and wanting to pitch their stuff. And as a booker, I didn't like pitchers. I didn't want people to come pitch me an angle. Like Al Snow says in wrestlers, Mm -hmm. everyone wants to be part of creative, but only one person can really lead creative. Mm -hmm. But there was like this everyone was coming with an idea and people said, well, Mike Davidson doesn't like to listen to ideas. Well, guess what? We're laying, we're the goose that's laying the golden egg. MVP versus TJ Brat is drawing business. I don't care about your idea right now because I have second, third, fourth idea. And so the talent, enough of the talent got frustrated and kind of went to Bobby and was like, you know, he's hard to work with. And Bobby was pitching ideas. And I was like, Bobby, you're the promoter who's making money. Stop. Stop worrying about yourself as a wrestler. Yeah, it ain't broke. Yeah, worry. Let's look at how the equity you're getting with your business. So in June of 2001, yep. after a great run, and it was short. I, I started in February and in June I got fired as a Booker. Was it June? Yeah, it okay. was late June. Okay. He was about to. So I had held out for a different deal. When I started, it was <laughs> you're going to get fifteen dollars, I think, to wrestle and ten dollars to book, guaranteed twenty five bucks. <laughs> And Big when, money. Yeah, when business went up, I said, okay, Morris Place Community Club, I'm still going to show up and book the show, mm-hmm. but the gate is a hundred dollars. I'll take my $10. I want 10% of the gate. So at the Palladium, when gates are getting up to 800 and $900, yep. I want 10%. Yep. Give me 80 or $90. Yep. And that kind of bothered him. And then I said on oh, guarantees, I want, you know, I still want a percentage. Mm. That's what a good booker does. So I got fired and I, the <laughs> night Bobby fired me, he came to the, he. Called me to his table and he said, "Hardest thing I've ever had to do is I have to fire you." But how did he say it though? <laughs> <laughs> Hardest thing I've ever had to do, hey, huh. fire you. But you were the ring announcer for a while. Yeah, I was the host. That and, was awesome. And the book, yeah, he kept me on. He he kept me on as the as the host. It was important for the optics that you were still. And involved. I think that yes, exactly, there was optics involved and... I remember you drinking in the. Rain. I did not take it serious, oh, and was I, the, the boys best. were getting hot at me because I was <laughs> I did, I was hijacking the shows. Anyway, so what happens is Bobby <laughs> fires me, and then I end up. He goes into the bathroom to take a piss. I walk into the urinal next to him. So, Bobby, just so you know, hardest thing you ever had to do isn't fire me; it's feazing replace me, and I'm going to put you out of business. <laughs> Famous words. So fueled with spite, mm-hmm. you come to me a couple of weeks later, and you say, "Listen." I might have somebody who wants to start a wrestling company and put Bobby out of business. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. You might not have said Bobby out of business, but you said, I, I got a guy yeah. who's got money and he's going to invest it. And let's keep in mind, whenever I came up with one of
2: these guys, yeah, it was all about taking what we've done and taking it to the next level. Absolutely. Every time. Yes. That was my soul. Exactly.
0: Intention. Bobby during that run had had Jim Neidhart come in and drew, drew 430. He Mm -hmm. proves certain things for, for market research. You could take what we were learning from top rope and understand we could raise the bar. Yeah. We could do what we said we wanted to do, but we had to get the promoter to stop trying to get in his own way. That was what was happening. Bobby wanted to keep everyone happy. Listen, remember the, remember the de elevation? Yes. Yes. And the survey after the survey, after letting go of me as Booker, he goes to Johnny Malibu as a, as a kind of a crew, like it was a loose term booker yeah, yeah, yeah. because, he, and he had to cut the roster because everyone was showing up because the business was hot and the guys were getting some action. So Johnny Malibu has a crew meeting and he says, you got to fill out a survey of who you would cut, who you'd keep like an election. I think if- I have a copy of the survey. We'll post a picture if you do. If I can find it, I will definitely bring it. So yeah. Malibu wasn't ready. It was out of his depth to be a booker. And he quickly found out it's a very political position. And, and you know what happened? There was a, a crew divide. Will Damon, yourself, Donnie DiCaprio, TJ Bratt, And Bratt was playing both sides, but Bratt was very firmly knowing, Hey, Mike knows, Mike knows how to yeah. get the character over. Mm-hmm. Axe to a certain degree was looking out mm-hmm. for me. Um, There's probably a few others, because if you remember, when we took the crew, we took guys that were like Pete Moss. Later on, Pete Moss was very... And then there was the other side, which was Pro Bobby, Vance Nevada, Ryan Wood, Rob Stardom. Big O. Big O. Moses Luke. Uh, No, Big O and Moses, they were very eager to... They were Mike Davidson guys. Were they? Well, yeah, they couldn't wait to leave TRCW, but... so. What happens is you tell me you have a guy and yep. he wants to meet with me and he wants, he, he wants to know what the business plan is. Yes. The infamous round table. Yes. Meeting, the so first it, one. So the vision of near the end of my stay at PCW, I was eyeing what I wanted to be a late night TV slot on Friday nights. And I wanted to explore this and I didn't know how you would do it, but obviously later on we would do exactly what this vision was, but I had a vision of producing a television show that would be a little bit adult centric Friday nights after like South Park was the big show Friday nights at midnight. I thought if we could get something after the local news and be in around that time where people either go to the bar, come home and watch it, or they plan their Friday night around watching this as TV that's friendly to adults and not really kids wrestling. It was going to be what we were promoting in the bar. Yep. So I've been fired as Booker and Right around the time I got fired, there was a guy working at the Palladium named Andrew mm-hmm. who was the doorman yep. and he was so entrenched with what was happening yep. and when I got fired, he said, you and me should start up. Well, at the same time, John is saying yep. he wants to start up yep. and let me be very honest, any vision I had, we needed the venue. Yes. We absolutely needed it. Yeah. So I knew, okay. We're talking Andrew Shallcross yes. for
2: everybody out there. And and we're
0: talking about the birth of premier championship wrestling and how it came to be. Now, Andrew, I love you to death. You're going to hear this and you're going to rip it apart and say, you have a different recollection, but two thirds of the guys that did it. And maybe Dan King will have to come in and break the tie, break, (laughs) create a tie and say, no, no, this is the way it is. This is our recollection. If I'm wrong, correct me. Yes. So in August long weekend of 2001, Mm -hmm. I get called to a meeting on the long weekend, Monday John's office, and he said, let's go to the round table. Yep. You were there. Yep. I was there. Mike Silver, I think, was the third person. Yep. Or did Dan come to the uh, first Will one? Damon was there. Okay. Yes. And John said, what do you have in mind? And I said, well, it's been proven that if you do big names, mm-hmm. you can draw. Mm-hmm. So I said, I believe we can get the Palladium, because I knew Andrew could be a yep. factor in yep. this. Andrew was very, very good friends with the owner, yep. Tom Manos. Yep. But Tom Manos also had a loyalty to Bobby J.
2: Yeah. Tom Manos also owned the Hotel, Yeah. Well,
0: I don't know if was his dad bar. at yeah. the time,
2: his dad, which, and the bar, the Palladium was attached to the hotel. So. Which at
0: the time was a Holiday Inn.
2: Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. So what happens is John and I have, a, we have the meeting and mm-hmm. I said, so what I would do is weekly wrestling at the Palladium, mm-hmm. build the fan base mm-hmm. and then do super events. Yeah. And I said at the investors group athletic center. In at the university of Manitoba, yeah. which was a Steve Stryker idea. He said, why don't you look at this venue and it, yeah. it, it will work for you. So John sat there and he said, well, what would you draw? And I said, well, I think you can draw well over a thousand people and average ticket price, $25. That's 25,000 against the cost of like, no, I'm talking out of my ass. I didn't know, mm-hmm. but a cost of $15,000, you make $10,000 <laughs> $10, every big show. And I said, you know, the bar shows you're going to make two or 300, $400 a week in profit. Yeah. John's like. Interesting. He's not jotting down these numbers. He said, okay. He said, uh, I'm interested. I'm not quite there. He said, come a couple in about a week, I'm going to want a second meeting. Yeah. Okay. No problem. So we, we agreed that we'd meet in about a week. So I think when we're having a second meeting, he's going to tell me he's in, I'm excited. Yep. I start sourcing out a ring mm-hmm. in the States. So John has a, this one's in his boardroom in his, right. and I go and I show up. Andrew's not a part of these meetings yet. Andrew at this time is working on a business plan that he's going to pitch to a credit union, trying to get financing to start okay. a very similar vision, which this is, I would be a part of. This, this, is, this. is all under Bobby J's nose. Bobby J has Bobby no Jay idea. Bobby J is running TRCW at, yeah. at the Palladium. He has and, no idea what's going on. And guys like you are kind of whispering, hey, listen, there could be something big starting. <laughs> yep. And I'm getting the odd phone call. Do you have an investor? And I said, no, <laughs> not yet. I'm looking and I got to stop doing that imitation of Bobby because he's going to, he's going to take it personal, but it's, everyone does that. Everybody Im- does. Everyone, it. It's like standing. It's a term phew, of endearment. It's like that. That's how Bobby talks. Yes. <laughs> 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 Lost my passport. eh? Sorry, Bob. Anyway. So we go to the second meeting and John said, did you happen to write a business plan? I said, no, it's all in my head. And he kind of nods. And let me say, the first time I met John, I expected, so John to me is a 40 something year old man. I knew he was a successful businessman who ran a a call center. Yes. I expected a a salt and pepper hair, (laughs) you know, a a businessman, but I thought he was going to be white. Not just the name John says to me, 40 year old white guy. Yeah. And when I got there, he was short and he was, Vietnamese. Yep. And. He's about 25 years old maybe? Yeah. And yep. he spells his last name N-G-U-Y-E-N. That is correct. And yes. I was like. John Newen. Yeah. But everyone would always call it Nguyen. Yes. Ernie Todd used to butcher that name. Oh. But he was very charming. Yep. Wore perfectly tailored suits. Obviously yep. he went to a tailor and got yep, perfectly did. tailored suits. He drove a BMW convertible. Yeah, he good had. Good looking wife. Oh yes. Jane, his wife. Yep. Um, he had money.
2: Yes. Like I was lots of it.
0: Yeah. And I heard it could be a million dollars he had, whether Mm -hmm. he had it disposable or not. And he said, okay, the money isn't an object. He said, but I, I want more substance to what you want to do. He's like, I'm not closing the door. He said, right now I just need more. Mm -hmm. One, I would want to know that we have the venue. Yeah. I need a guarantee on that. Okay, yeah. no problem. I'll work on that. And John was always
2: saying to me, basically, like, I don't know. These guys are kind of wishy-washy, yeah. and there's nothing concrete. And exactly, because I
0: didn't come with numbers or right. a plan. And if right. I'd done that, he says yes right then and And there. then there's me going, no, 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 just stick with it. Stick yeah. with it. It's going to work So you're out. doing the sales job.
2: Yes. So I worked for John, my yeah, in the call job Center. at the time. I worked for John. I was one of his... Call center managers. Basically. Yeah. I was basically like team one leader. Of, one of his, like, yeah. One of his guys.
0: Right? And Dan, Will Damon was the leader. Yes. Yes. So he says no in August. He says not right now. He says, I'm still open to it. Mm-hmm. Let's keep the line of communication open. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this in a couple months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't, he didn't say to me, write a good business plan and come back. But I learned mm-hmm. and Andrew had written a business plan and he pitched it to credit union. And they said, listen, if you got the credit, we'll lend you the money and we maybe didn't have the credit. We were young guys and I was in my early 20s. He was in his late 20s cuz mm-hmm. I think he's a few years older than anyway. me. So, the disappointment is we're not starting up. But yeah. the but the communication continues. And then late October, Tom or late summer after the summer, Tom decides he's going to renovate the bar he's going to close it. And That's in this right. time, TRCW's attendances plummets to under a hundred, which we were doing two, three, 400 people. And booking change didn't work out so well Yeah, in the summer when it should be hard to draw at a student at a, at a, at a bar off campus, we were drawing big money Mm -hmm. or big numbers. And then when the school year starts and you would expect a, an off campus bar to do crazy numbers, they were drawing 70, 65. Nobody wanted to go to wrestling on Thursday nights. And it was because the booking, they went a completely polar opposite direction and it didn't take. And then Malibu hands off the book to Vance, Nevada. And Vance and I talk in October of 2001, WWE came to town and Vance and I, that day I remember him and I talking and I, he's like, what's, I'm hearing you're going to, you're going to start up. And I said, I'm trying to, I said, I think I might have a, a backer. I think, I'm, I think it's looking good. I said, I've got a spot for you. Because at the time, he was my cousin. He gave me the book for TRCW. Does Vance know that I'm involved at this point, do you think? I think everyone knew you and I are tight. Okay. I think everyone yeah. knew, even if you're... I don't think they knew you were pulling... the, Creating the the relationship to the investor. Yeah. If I'm not there, this
2: deal doesn't get done.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And same with Will Damon. Yeah. Both well, of you... But Will You Damon, were more
2: important, but he... Will Damon didn't care one way or another because he didn't have that... Yeah. More... He didn't have that passion
0: like I did. Yeah. So... Interesting. That's a, there's a future version of this episode that will have about a different guy that's same deal. Okay, so here's what happens. In October that year, so I tell Vance I'm I'm gonna make one last pitch to this person mm-hmm. and if he says yes, then Bobby will not survive. And at this time I'm not a hundred percent sure because Tom is saying no, he owes it to Bobby to give Bobby a shot. Yeah. Andrew's in Bob in Tom's ear saying Bobby's not drawing because the wrestlers don't even like Bobby. Yeah. And, I, and Andrew will correct what he actually said. Yeah. But Andrew's in Tom's ear saying, give this a new shot. Yeah. Because when we go to this meeting with the investor, we need Tom to say. Yeah. We have the venue. We and, need to be able to say to the investor, John. And that's where Andrew's importance is. And that's where he becomes a partner. Right. And he was he became vitally important.
2: Yes. It would not have happened without you know, Andrew presenting the Palladium, so, soon to be named Stratosphere. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that yes. room and that venue was vital to the vision. Right. So, what happens is um, we go. We fin- Tom finally gives a conditional green light that if this is all legitimate, we go. So then I have to call the meeting with John because John said you have to. Pr- I need to know you yep. have this venue. Yep. So we ha- called the meeting with John and Andrew had in a duetang, a business plan. I've never read it. I don't know what was in it. It wasn't my numbers wasn't my vision. I'd love to see it. Yeah. And it's it was probably out I, there. I think it was something called Premier Wrestling Alliance. Premier Star Entertainment. No, that's what the parent company ended up being called. Oh, okay. But the pitch in this business plan was Premier Wrestling Alliance and then I decided I didn't like PWA as a name because there was no bird of PWA.
2: I remember where we were sitting around in my apartment. That happens later. Yes, okay. we're going to get there.
0: Okay. So, Stay tuned. All right. <coughs> it's all coming back to me now. So, we call for a meeting on American Thanksgiving yes. 2001, and one. which was a Thursday. The Bombers were going to play in the Great Cup that Sunday. And I said, John, I, I actually think I didn't call, I might have called John, but I think I said, Jeff, we're ready to pitch. Yep. And you told him, John said, okay, let's have a meeting. Yep. And we go to the round table, and it's you, yep. John Newen, yep. Mike Silver, who does not factor into the story yep. except being a very funny man. Yeah, but well, Mike Silver was of importance, and we'll get to yes. that. Andrew and myself and we hand the do it's over, and John kind of opens it up and reads it, <laughs> but I don't think he read it, but he looked okay. Okay. And I said, what's changed since the last time we met is you said you needed to guarantee we have the venue. We have the venue. The first meeting I had, I told him I could get Randy Savage. I could not get Randy Savage, but I said like, we're ready to go. And John sat there and he said, how much do you need? I said, realistically, we need money to buy a ring and then we're good to go. We're going to need more. We're going to need to invest in the first show, the first big show, Yeah, but we're ready. We don't need a lot, maybe 25,000 to 40,000. Like it was a ballpark figure. Mm -hmm. We need to buy the ring. I don't know what that's going to cost. Mm -hmm. So John said, and and the backstory is John had just won a lawsuit on a trademark on his logo. And it was, I think the settlement was $40,000 us. So he said, okay, I'll back you for $40,000. Shook hands. He said, Hey guys, I'm having a great cup party at my house on Sunday. You guys should come. And that's how, that's how PCW was born. It was right there at the round table. Andrew and I leave. I've never been, that was probably the most elated I'd been at that point in my life. We were working him over like. John? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were, he did it not because our plan was good. He did it because of friendship with you. Yeah. And he, he took enough of a liking to Andrew and I that he said, Yeah. What do I have to lose? He's like, if Madison likes these guys, they're okay. Yeah. And it was like, what do I have to lose? Yeah. That's what he said. If I lose 40,000, a guy like that, who, and John liked to gamble, Mm -hmm. literally liked to gamble, Mm -hmm. like go to the casino. He thought to himself, if I lose $40,000, I have it to lose. Right. That was his attitude. Yeah. But 40,000 was a number that he was. Comfortable. Yeah. Getting over that, you'd have to show growth. Right. So he said, and uh, tell you what, guys, i got, i got an office. I want you to work in my building so I can keep an eye on you. Like you guys are going to have, I want to be able to have, communicate with you every day. I want to, cause he, I think that's a trust thing. He gave has. you a salary too. Yeah, yeah. That was, I don't even think it was a negotiation. He said, I'll put you on a wage. And you guys will, but you have to work out of my office because I need to yeah. I need to see what you guys can do. This is unheard of oh, yeah. in this industry. Nobody has ever pulled a regular salary yeah. for running a wrestling promotion. Yeah, and it was it was fair based on yeah. two thousand and one numbers. So this is November of two thousand and one. Yeah. So right away he said, What are we gonna do for a ring? And I said, Well, I'd heard that Bobby was building a new ring and wanted to get rid of this old <laughs> ring. <laughs> but this. I knew he would never sell to me. Nope. So Follow along with this story because it's you think back to a whole bunch of things that happened from this. Mm-hmm. It kind of raised the bar and it changed the perception of Winnipeg wrestling. CWE would not have existed if PCW doesn't start. Yeah. CWF would have continued to be the main dog in town yeah. with TRCW. They would it would have been a petty little pissing one. These big shows would have never happened. Not to this degree. Have we quit on Bobby yet at this point? No. So what happens okay. is Because I remember doing the that. next That's step a funny was. Story. We're in the office and John says, I need a meeting with the talent. I need to know the talent is actually going to leave Bobby J. I want them to work exclusively for PCW. Hmm. Exclusivity or nothing. Hmm. They either work for me or they don't, but they hmm. don't work everywhere was his yep. mandate. And I said, okay, we'll have a meeting with them." And he said, I want to meet every one of them, shake their hands. And I want them to say they're part of this company. And then they're, what are we going to call this company? Yep. And that's where Andrew, had, it originally was PWA, Premier Wrestling Alliance. Yep and i didn't like the word alliance and i didn't nwa was still around i said it's very close to nwa and um so we have a meeting and i didn't like pcw either i did like the name premier yeah but i also liked something called all action wrestling a A W and you guys didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, we debate, we debate and basically we vote and the compromise between you and Andrew was PCW. And I was like, okay, fine, let's go with it. I thought PCW was close to ECW, which had just gone out of business. But premier, because we want, we took the we premier wanted. people yeah. and
2: talent because
0: I handpicked each That's wrestler. It. And in this meeting, we, we went down a list and, and who we were going to book. And, um, and some of the criteria was, are they a pain in the ass in the back? Could they be trusted? Could they be trusted? Are they a stooge? Do they look like hell in the ring? Yeah. The, the exception to the rule, and this was funny. We get to big O and Mo, and you were not keen on it. And I liked them from uh, dealing with them. Yep. And Andrew liked them a lot. Yeah. And I, so you're talking about a three-way split yep. here. So <coughs> we agreed. I said, they'll do crazy stuff. They're good. But O is the exception to the rule. Yes. There's
2: one one spot for a really skinny guy who's special. Yeah. Not a roster full of skinny yep. guys that aren't special.
0: And then we took Greg Roman because he's, he's, he worked at the Palladium yep. and he's brand new. Yep. Trainee. Yeah. Pete Moss. One of the reasons we took Pete Moss is because he likes doing the ring. And I liked Pete a lot yep. and you did too. Yep. And we just went through the roster. We need to get mental. We Mentalo influences Kenny Omega. Yep. Um, assisted suicide you start telling me all the people you're talking to and they all want to come over I'm like what assisted suicide's gonna break from Royce and come over because Royce wasn't going to get an invite and I had never talked to assisted suicide before then yeah and one of the things that became very important and this this is interesting is we wanted to leave Bobby with a roster because right. if we wanted to put him out of business we would have just taken everybody we yes. had that opportunity yes but I wanted because you can't have a race with one dog yep. you need two dogs in the race. Yep. And how can you be good if there's not somebody to compare yourself it's to? It's good to compare yourself to a crippled dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Or a neutered dog. So they all all the talent got invited to a meeting. It was going to happen at the Holiday Inn Holiday where Inn. the Pladium yep. yep. was, where the renovations were happening. I think that we did a walkthrough... Yeah, kind of saw what was going on with renovations. It was quite impressive. Like you had, I think there was a dress code, if memory serves me correct. I think, it, yeah, I think you told guys dress. Yeah. Because you wanted to impress John. Yes. We you to were a create crew liaison. Your job was to tell That's the crew right. what the office needed them to know. I found that, I found that contract that I have. Oh, good. The crew liaison contract. Yes. Where I like wrote
2: this, uh. And it's like morbid reading this thing that I wrote because it's like, I'm like, Oh man,
0: I could, I could write something way better. Now. The whole reason why is if that. I start calling all the talent, they're going to start telling Bobby and Bobby and Vance are going to work against it. Yeah. So all the talent that we want gets invited. Zach Mercury's there. <laughs> Zach Mercury.
2: That's right. TJ oh, Bratz yeah. there. Yes. Uh, I, was like, I can't remember.
0: Everyone was there, but we're all in a square meeting yep. and there's in a boardroom a, and, a, and there's a podium yep. and I talk and then John talks and John kind of said, listen, You're all at a level here. Nobody, like, I think we're going to build a business here. I'm going to invest. And hopefully we all make a lot of money. And he talked in grand terms and we'd kind of said that John was a millionaire. And I think he might've been. He was at that point. Yeah. Yeah, He was. His business was making that kind of money. He made
2: me a very, very rich man. Yeah.
0: So people who worked for him were getting paid pretty good. And he said, I want to, he said, overall, I would love a vision where we get to wrestle at the Winnipeg arena. Now, that was delusion of grandeur, but beyond, sure. in fairness to him, he had people who he was investing in who were telling him, we're going to build. And we're he gonna- has no frame of reference, yeah, but exactly. he's looking at, let's do something huge, right? So we go around the room and I said, is there anybody that has anything to say? And Everyone what, was
2: presented a contract, yeah. an individual contract and, with uh, 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 a rate.
0: Yeah. And some of the wrestlers were kind of feeding some negative questions, like asking, like, why do we have to be exclusive? Or, who were who some
2: of those? Like, I, I'm trying to remember. I seem
0: to remember... Mercury might've asked some yeah. questions. Did Mentelo ask some yes, questions? Yes, Mentala was asking questions yeah. and you could kind of, and he was paramount to Omega and assisted suicide. Like it was a mm. kind of a package and very important to the package. Yeah. And he was, you could kind of tell he was skeptical. Yeah. So he was asking, I was answering. He, he, he would, it was a volley back and forth. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Stanton, who was invited, cause he was going to be our ring announcer. Wayne Stanton, or, I, actually we might've had a plan for him to be a commissioner. Can't remember, but anyway, Wayne Stanton gets up and cuts a promo on the whole room and says, "Gold, I ran River City Wrestling with, and I could never have dreamed of somebody with money coming in and investing in, in this, and all of you who came with River City, you guys have come so much further. You are an idiot if you don't sign." But what we don't know about Wayne Stanton is he was there as a stooge for Bobby J, <laughs> and he then cuts the pro with telling people you are an idiot if you don't sign this contract. But he actually believes that too. Yes, yes, he does. So then, but he also likes the drama. Yes. So and then we ask for everyone to make a commitment tonight and sign the contract. Every contract comes back signed. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to go backwards two two steps. But what this we have also. For time? We're at 28 minutes. Okay, good. But this also wasn't like an
2: Ernie Todd contract where there would be some legal stuff, if something. It wasn't like that. It was just like, hey, we want you on the team. Here's what you're getting
0: paid. Here's what we're going to give you. What it was was we are instituting a minimum payment that you will receive for showing up and providing wrestling services for us.
2: And remember, there were bonuses on this contract. Yeah. Do you remember that?
0: Uh, Match of the
2: night. Match of the night. uh, Physical fitness. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know
0: if we ever actually paid out the bonus though,
2: but there, there was like, and I, I can't remember what the increment, well, I do know what the increments are, but I'm not going to say what yep. they are, but there were inc- incremental increases that could be earned depending on, you know, if you went to the gym, which is like a stupid thing. Yeah, like, and what- if you wore gear, yeah, like, gear. I mean, just
0: like, hello, you're a professional wrestler. You should have some sort of. John was very big on performance incentives on these. And he, like, he was basically saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. Okay, good. So the day of this meeting was funny because Vance Nevada called me (laughs) and he'd, I, don't know, Vance had called every one of the talent and I got word that he's calling and trying to discourage Mentalo to go to the meeting. So I find out is coming to the meeting. Yes. hundred percent. You told me. Yeah. So I call Vance and I said, you can stop trying now. Like I got them all. I said, your calls are, I'm getting calls from every guy you're calling and they're laughing at you. What do you think Nevada's
2: thinking at this he's, point? Is he shooting he's his pants? Gutted.
0: He's gutted. And Bobby, <laughs> I think there might've been a call cause I was spiteful. Oh, I know. And Bobby and I have a call that day and. I think Bobby and I had a call later that night. I was the hardcore champion of yes. TRCW. you had already quit. We quit. John had you quit very soon after. Yeah, I, or no, after this meeting.
2: I went to Chalmers and yeah. I gave the championship to Pinsky. Yeah. And then he's like, he was so, he goes, well, what do we do with the lineage of this hardcore
0: championship? I looked at him, I go, I don't give a shit what you do yeah. with it. You Say throw you the garbage. Pin, yeah. I don't Say care. you pin me in the locker room for all yeah. I care. So, so Vance, who was the booker, and I kind of rubbed it in his face, and I said, I told you in October this was going to happen, and you would have had a spot, but you are yep. no-good stooge who thought it'll never happen. Yep. Well, well, buddy, it's happening. Yep. But don't worry. We're going to leave you with a roster, and you're going to get to prove what, what kind of booker you really are. Yep. And that's where the heat with Vance and I really started. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to come back from a break, and I'm going to tell you who I remember being the guys we didn't take and the guys we did.
1: This episode of Bees She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favourites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code BEESSHEES. That code is B-E-E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z. One word to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and
0: in person collectible store. So the rosters. We leave the following Rob Stardom, because he was loyal to Bobby J and he knew I was getting fired and didn't tell me ahead of time. <laughs> He was my friend, but he he chose for Bobby J. Yep. We left Vance, Nevada, as the Booker. We left Johnny Malibu, Ryan Wood, Ryan Wood, because he was a stooge for Bobby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think we left the Axe, even though I liked the Axe a lot we as left a person. the Axe. Yep. But it was because I thought I thought because his relationship with yep. Bobby, I just didn't think he would come. We left.
2: It was a bad... Robbie Royce. It was not a great roster.
0: We left Robbie Royce, but took all the people he jumped with. Yes. We took Dalton. Darren Dalton. And and Dalton brought you assisted suicide. We left Mike Angels. Initially, but Angels shows up before commencement. Yes. Him and Richter are on commencement. Um, We left... JP Chaos. Oh, yes. How I remember this... He was was upset. Because they're in the locker room. Stardom's in the locker room with a bunch of the guys. And Chaos (laughs) is sitting there and... I guess they tried to rah rah the guys that were still left and JMP Chaos says, I can't believe they left me behind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Such uh, a burn on the guys in the room. Yeah. Too. He's like,
0: I can't believe Who, I was left with these guys. Is there any Brian Jewel was left behind because yeah. him and I could not work together. I love Brian Jewel, but he would he did not want to come. Well, he also didn't fit into what we no, were doing. And what we were trying. Yeah. Um I mean, really, that's what it boils down Crimson to. Crimson chic was Dave Levinsky. We left him.
1: Was there a reason for leaving? You might've said this.
0: Was there a reason for leaving uh, Royce? Yeah. Political. Political reason. He was a political player. Yeah. He tried to shoot an angle on, on Madison bef- like right when he got yeah. there. Cause he wanted to work the top guy. And I kind of thought like one day we'll bring Royce over. Mm-hmm. But if I had been the booker when he came to TRCW, mm-hmm. it would have been handled differently because I would have said, listen, you need to come in and I need you to lose. Do jobs. Not jobs. The first week you're going to lose decisively clean to one of our top guys. And then we can do something underneath as an angle. I
2: will tell you this. Here's the reason why I didn't get along with Robbie Royce. And I had all the respect in the world for him then and still do today. The reason why I didn't get along with him, I think I've mentioned this in the past, was for years him and the CWF were shitting on this promotion TRCW before all the guys that built the promotion talking about how we were crap and we couldn't do this and green and all this. And then when we start getting hot, he's one of the first guys to jump who wants to jump ship. And then Bobby rolled out the red carpet, rolled out the red carpet. Royce quit. He had no options. Ernie wouldn't have taken him back. He had nowhere to go. Bobby could have
0: left him sit on the sidelines for months. It happened differently than that. Royce meets with Bobby at a, at a Palladium show, then quits on Ernie the Saturday after at the garage sale at the garage. Sale. He, so he knew yeah. he had the spot before he quit. He R- took care of him. But Bobby should have talked to his team.
2: And that's what pissed me off is you're going to bring in this guy who talked shit about the entire team. And now we're supposed to open up our arms and welcome this guy in that. I was not, I was not on board with yeah. that. So when Royce wanted to work with me, because I was the top guy, I said, not on my watch because he's not a team player. He shit on this entire team. It wasn't because I was a mark for myself. It was because I cared about the
0: team. That's the whole reason. So here's something to think about was Royce. So Bobby, I heard Jim Ross say this about Steve Austin on his Mm -hmm. podcast with Conrad. He said, it's simple. You take care of your best guy and then work down. And that's how he wanted to be with Steve Austin. Yeah. Just keep your top guy happy and then work down. Yes. Bobby tried to do it the other way. We'll keep everyone happy. You can't. You start with your best people. They're happy. Everyone underneath will fall into line. Yeah. That was not Bobby's approach. He wanted a diplomatic locker room where everyone was happy. And listen, I
2: never for once went into that promotion or any promotion demanding to be the top guy. No, I never once did that. What you get with me when I work for you, what you see is what you get. You will decide where to position and me on that crowd.
0: And who follow you.
2: Yes. Yeah, so it doesn't matter where I go, PCW, TRCW, CWE right now, I'm not expecting to walk into CWE and be the main event guy. But what I'm telling you is you will remember what I do wherever I go. Yep. Okay. And then so, you will have no choice but to put me in the main event. So
0: let's talk about who we did take. Ronnie Attitude mm-hmm. needed him. That guy was a good locker room guy who cared so much about the success of the company. Yep. We took Pete Moss and gave him a gimmick under a mask in a Petland uniform eventually. Yep. And that was because I took a special liking to Pete when I was booking TRCW and he would do anything I ever asked. Uh, we took Moses, Luke and, o- and Big O. We took assisted suicide, which was a godsend. I didn't think we were going to get them. We took Darren Dalton, which was actually a message to Royce. We took everyone who quit with him from CWF and did not take him. Sorry, Rob. We did not not take Spider. We wanted, on my wish list was to get Spider, but he was very entrenched with the NWA and and CWF. And I don't him.
2: he wasn't on my list. No. Because I think at the time he was a bit of an,
0: he was a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Controversially, we took Zach Mercury because I thought I could make him an upper card babyface. He never wrestled a show for us. He saw his <laughs> offer, looked over at Donnie DiCaprio's offer and said, How could you offer me as much as DiCaprio? And I was like, DiCaprio is going to be one of the top pushed guys in this company. And what happened
2: when John Newen? He sent me this? an
0: email that said, I looked over and saw the guy the Donnie DiCaprio's <laughs> money, and I I don't think I should be paid the same. And John Newen or it might have been less. It was actually less. DiCaprio was getting paid more. And John Newen said, uh, "That's a breach. He should not be looking at other people's compensation. Send him an email and say thank you, but we won't need your services. You can go back to see." We're, and then I we're, said, "We're no. sending your offer." I said no, and John said, "Move over. I own that computer. Type the email <laughs> in my Hotmail. Send." So Zach Mercury believes he I fired him. John Newen himself fired him. Uh, we took T.J. Bratz who. Was a stooge for Bobby. We had. We're going to talk about Brat that. Brat was
2: a mark for whatever was the big show. Yes. He, we had the big show. Then Bobby ran a show. Then yeah. Brat jumped back to Bobby. Then and Brat had to come back to Brat, us.
0: Brat. Something happened between the time I got fired and the time he came over because he had left as a heel and he thought I me bring him over as a babyface is crazy. And I said, understand. Crowds dwindled so much; nobody remembers you as the end but they remember you at the peak. Yep. We're going back to the peak. Like nothing happened. Like it was a dream. Bobby Ewing just woke up. I just woke up from a dream and I'm still yep. in charge. Yep. He didn't get it. He didn't, he, he thought he, he was easily manipulated to believe that Bobby cared more about him as a person than I cared about him as a wrestler. True. Bobby cared about him more as a person than I did because Bobby and him were closer, yep. but I cared more about him as a top level baby face yep. than Bobby J cared about him. I guarantee you, I wanted and needed TJ Bratt. I think he started to believe his own hype too, A little bit a little too. Bit. And then he had a one-on-one with John Newen, And he said, like, I oh, go yes. to the gym, but I can't afford it. John said, I'll give you the money to go to the gym. John bought him a gym pass, a gym yeah. membership, a one-year gym membership. I don't know said, if it was one year or if it was, I'm going to cover it month to month. But, it was whatever it was. Yeah. John said, get yourself in shape. Yeah. I will pay for it. We believed Brat was going to be one of the three top guys. It was going to be Will Damon, Shane Madison, TJ Bratt. This guy was figured in, but he didn't believe it. And that's yeah. his own choice. Yeah. Uh, Omega. <laughs> we didn't know he was going to be a star, right? Andrew's mm-hmm. the only one who thought Kenny Omega would be a star. You and I were the first people to go to Kenny and say, stop wearing a shirt over top of your upper body. Yep. You look like a million dollars. Kenny, I remember he had he was wearing blue pants and he had this Hawaiian shirt.
2: Yep. And I said to him, why are you? And he used to tape his, remember he used to have that blue tape and he'd wrap that up tape to the elbow. up to his elbow and yeah. look ridiculous. And I said, why are you covering up your body? You look great. Yeah. that Half of this is a
0: cosmetic business. You look outstanding. He had a great baby face yes. face. He had bl- like blonde. He looked great. He was... I knew he was head and shoulders better than most we had.
2: Infinitely
0: athletic. And so much potential. Yes. And we... But took, couldn't cut a promo. No. To this date, still, still not a good promo. I don't
2: know if I should be taking him seriously yeah. or I should be laughing at him. Like, he's not a good promo. Yeah.
0: So... I That's think, a big one in, in this I business. Am I missing anybody? Sugar Daddy Dixon. Yep. We took him. Great professional. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Did Adam he, Knight. Yeah. Adam Knight was a, was a p- pillar of what yep. we wanted to do. Um, Gave him an opportunity. Yes. You know? Uh, we, did we take Steve Cox? No. Cox doesn't come nope. over. Nope. But I think he got out. Like, I don't uh, think he stayed in. No, p- he stayed w. in
2: PCW. Really? Yep. He stayed there I'm for a long. while. I we didn't
0: take him. I, I think Andrew really advocated for Dixon and he was great. But I, I remember like, okay, I like Dixon and he was a good professional, mm. but I remember be, like him being one of the guys that oh, it led to a debate. So many guys weren't a debate. Yeah. And then like Dal, Dalton was a debate. You pushed hard for him. Yeah. Andrew voted for him. I was against it. Yeah. And the reason was, is because I, I was always worried about fountains of information. Mm. Dalton will talk to Royce it will get back. I knew Adam Knight would never be a stooge. Adam Knight was a good, he was a very trusted guy on that roster. We took Chris Paris. Chris Paris, of course we built him up to be a very good second heel. Good promo. I had a lot of confidence in him. Um, Is there anyone that you remember that we took that I'm not mentioning? That's
2: generally, I think we've got. If I miss somebody,
0: send us a note. Yeah. But Oh Mo, Ronnie, good people. Yeah. Really good people. Yeah. Uh, refer, good, good. Referees. We took uh rhinestone cowboy Glenn, who I don't think did TRCW, but might've. No, he definitely didn't. Scotty Bowman. We took, yeah, even Scotty. though he, him and Rob stardom were friends. Yeah. Scotty and I, he, Scotty said, I'm in. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think we had another ref too, but I don't remember who. Yeah. Uh, but some, if we miss you, sorry, you were important. Trust me.
2: Basically we took everybody who we thought could contribute to the overall vision, who was a good team player, good in the back. And Man.
0: once, and they were told, once you sign your deal here tonight, you're to tell Bobby J immediately that you're done and finish up. You've got it. You can go to Chalmers and finish up. Yeah. But you're done. Yeah. And that's, and that, I believe it was Monday night was the meeting and Wednesday night was the yep. Chalmers show or Thursday night was, mm-hmm. the, I can't remember, but you had to go to Chalmers. You had to break it to Bobby that you were done or if you wanted to do it face to face and shake his hand or just, and I that didn't was care tough. how you did
2: it. And that was tough. I, I remember doing that. To Bobby and, uh, you know, and again, it wasn't for me, it wasn't a thing like I wanted to screw Bobby over. Bobby could have had this if he just looked at it as a business and took it seriously. And he didn't
0: even have to invest the money that John did. He just had to get out of the way of his own success. Yes. Listen, stop telling me what you want me to book. Yes. Start letting your booker direct the train and let the train get the momentum it needs. Yes. Do not fire your booker when you're on top. That's a lesson to a promoter. Yep. Even if the Booker is an, and I could be an asshole to him, mm-hmm. but l- keep your eye on the prize. So, Bobby and I, I think talked that night, and it was unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And I was boastful, and I said, "Remember, I told you this was going to happen when you fired me." Yeah, and I wanted him to remember that decision as what made PCW happen. Yeah, chances are. Yeah. if John newman was interested anyway, PCW would have happened anyway.
2: Yeah, and he, uh, we we had him convinced, and yeah. it, now we had already uh, we had already secured the ring at this time. Uh, did we? I believe. Well, we couldn't have
0: quit. And oh, right. Not. So what? Ha- okay. So now we're going to backtrack to the story of the ring. Yeah, I know, we needed a ring, and I liked Bobby's ring. It was a good bumping yeah. ring. It had cable ropes. It was. It sounded good, mm-hmm. and he didn't like that ring for whatever reason. He mm-hmm. wanted to build a new ring. Yeah. And, and he
2: certainly wasn't going to sell it to us when he knew yeah. there was something or going he, on in the Or background. he would have
0: held out for a lot of money. So yep. there was so much speculation that Mike's starting up and he's got an investor. So Bobby calls me and he said, do you have an investor? And I said, no. And I was lying to him. I think I knew. I think I'd already gotten the green light. I said, no. I said, you'd know if I had an investor because your crew would start quitting. And he was like, he's like, I, I, I feel uneasy. I'm thinking about selling my ring. And I said, Bobby, I do not have an investor. You would know. <laughs> I would be shouting it from the rooftop. And then Brat knew because Brat was one of the inner circle of what was going on. Brat, you're going to have to quit because we're going to be starting. You are going to be one of our top guys. So John gets on the phone with Bobby and he says, I want to buy your ring or I'm interested in buying a ring. I'm going to be running kickboxing. Well, Bobby apparently, or Bobby knew it was a work because that ring was too bouncy to ever be used in a (laughs) kickboxing match, but he wanted the money. Yeah, and Bobby said, "I I think this is a I think this is a conspiracy, and Mike's going to end up with the ring." And (laughs) you're right. He knew Andrew and Andrew and him did not get along, and he knew Andrew was with me, and he was causing lots of trouble. But he agreed. So John and him are on the phone, and John's in front of us, and he's like, "I'll give you four thousand dollars cash." And Bobby said, "I want five. I I'll give you four thousand dollars cash today." And John whittled him down to four thousand. And, uh, John told Andrew, find a ring or find a van. So Andrew's on and finds a van that we're, that will transport the ring. So the day he goes, he goes down to a community club show to see the ring. And he takes a look at it and he's like, Mike Silver goes with him. And Mike Mike, Silver was apparently his champion kickboxer. Yes. Yes. And so Mike's looking at it and John, and so they, they agree. And John says, I'll give you $3,500 cash. Well, we agreed to 4,000. I'll walk. I'll give you 3,500 cash. Bobby took $3,500 cash. So he, it's to be delivered to our storage unit, but Andrew and I can't show up and unload this ring. Yes. So, Bo- so John says, bring someone to unload it. So Bobby brings TJ Brat. TJ Brat knows he's selling it to us. <laughs> oh my God. That he's screwing over his buddy. <laughs> yes. And Brat doesn't tell Bobby. He <laughs> wow. he keeps it to himself. Bobby kind of had figured out at this point because there's enough... Good for Brett, though. There's enough whispers, and I told Vance straight out, I'm close. I'm going to start. But how you handle this is where you end up. So we end up with the ring. Now we're set. We just need a commitment from Tom. We've gotten a handshake, but we don't know when we start. Because the palladium, a.k.a. the stratosphere, is still closed right now. And then Tom kind of says something. He throws a curveball. He says, you know, Nick, who's Tom's dad, doesn't really want wrestling. He wants it to be more of an upscale... Mm-hmm. vision for the club. So we end up agreeing that we'll run Wednesdays instead of Thursdays initially, because they were going to try th- to make Thursdays a different kind of night, mm-hmm. but that only lasts a couple of weeks. They move us to Thursdays. Right. So we get a commitment. We're going to do it. Andrew or John gives us a, a budget and says, you guys can do a big show at the investors group athletic center. Let me be very fair to Andrew. I was going to be the booker and I wanted Andrew to do every job in this office that I didn't want to do. I don't want to be booking venues. I don't want to be promoting. So Andrew had a tough spot where he had to do everything Mike Davidson didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to booking, Andrew would pitch his ideas. And I would always say, Andrew, you don't have experience. Just I'll listen, but listen. But Andrew got his voice in there because Andrew's very good at this, at articulating his point of view. (laughs) He got his voice in there, but we would have our clashes, but he was a great partner in this. (laughs) Um, but he, he got every lousy job, like create content for the website, find date, like find venues, do this, do this, do this. And I, it was, it wasn't fair to him in fairness, in fairness. I'll say that. So we decide we're going to do commencement of cool. We go and we walk through the venue and it's like a big, like wow. Yeah. And John says, you're never going to fill this. And I said, no, but we're going to draw a thousand, we're going to th- draw over a thousand people. Yeah. And John's like how much are you, how much are we charging for tickets? 20, $25. So he's like, I'm going to make 20 or 25,000. What is it going to cost me? And I give him numbers and he's like, so I'm going to do all the, I'm going to risk all this money and maybe make $2,000. Cause it was like the cost was 17 or 18,000. I said, yes, let's, let's go with it. So he does. We, and we are, we get to a point where we think we're going to book. We knew Savage wasn't, I tried for Savage. I went through Rob Feinstein and he said, talk to this agent, but Savage is not doing anything. Did we
2: try Jarrett too?
0: Yep. Yep. Jarrett through Mm -hmm. WWA and Jarrett Jeremy Borash. Yep. Then we end up on Kurt Henning. Yes. Oh. And we have it done. Like we think we have a done deal with Kurt Henning. And then it's announced that Kurt Henning's going into the Royal Rumble. Or maybe it was a surprise. I think it was a surprise. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. Yeah. Yes. But and we're yeah. watching it at Silver City on a big screen, and we're like, "Oh, this is
2: great!" No, John, myself, and Will Damon were in at Atlanta. that Royal Rumble in Atlanta. Yeah. And I remember, we see Kurt Hennig walk
0: out there. and We're like, "Well, I guess that ain't happening." And we thought, <laughs> okay, he's doing a guest spot, and he's still going to do any shots." So we watch it. He's yeah. the final four, and we're like, "I'm like, he signed." <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. So we the day after the Rumble, before they announced it that afternoon on the on the on the website. I send an email and I'm like, can you confirm whether Kurt Henning has signed or not signed? I'll try to find out. And then it is announced on the website. Yeah. So then we have a dilemma. We can go Jeff Jarrett for 1500 American, Eddie Guerrero for 1500 American. Dan Severn was talked about. Ken Shamrock for 2500 American. Mm -hmm. And John wanted to go Shamrock versus Severn, but they were never going to do that. Yeah. Um, we kind of got together. It was five of us sitting there, John, you, uh, John, Shane Madison, Will Damon, myself, and Andrew, Andrew pushed hard for Eddie Guerrero and you ended up agreeing with him and, and Dan agreed with him. I was pushing hard for Jeff Jarrett. I thought Mm -hmm. Jarrett was a bigger name. Mm -hmm. And John just said, pick a guy, get the deal done. Let's get, let's get moving on this. So done deal. All done. So, That's that leads to an uh, infamous meeting. And I've told this story before. Everyone's going to sell tickets. Everyone's excited. This is going to be the biggest (laughs) show of your career. There's going to be a thousand fans before that. Your biggest show had been 400. There's going to be a big name. It's going to be professional. We're all going to be big, big deals, big stars. How many tickets are you going to sell? Donnie DiCaprio. I'll take, I think he took 50 50, and sold every last one of them. You took probably 20, 30. Yeah, can't Ronnie Attitude takes 20 or 30. Everyone takes a, a bulk of tickets and they move them. Go through Adam Knight. So he's like, Adam <laughs> Knight, 200 or 250. 250? Everyone, the highest before that was 50. I remember him doing that. He had his arms crossed.
2: We were upstairs yeah. in the collection In the call room. center, yeah. 250 and everybody's
0: looking at him. And John's <laughs> like, you're never going to sell 250. Two fifty. So then John said, I'll start you at fifty and bring back and if you need more you can get more, bring back some money, or bring back what you don't sell. And
2: keep in mind, everybody who worked at John's company was going to this show as well. And their wives or husbands or kids or whatever, they were all going to the show as well. Yeah. So that's almost like a
0: mandatory thing
2: for the company. Everybody had to go. That's
0: how we got to fifteen hundred at seventeen hundred is the officially recognized Andrew Shellcross PCW number. I've always said 1500. I know how we calculated it. So now mm. let's talk about John. Yep. Cause that's what this is. D's C's of the region. The first ever investor that we ever came across. Yep. He wasn't the last. Nope. And John and I had a contentious relationship. He was in, we get to commencement of cool. There was questions of what happened with money. Cause he said he didn't get he didn't make money. He said he lost money. Do we know what happened there? What it, what we speculate? Had? There's always been, so money was handled at the door yeah. by John's people. Yeah. Because and, Andrew was getting Eddie from point yep. A to point B to yep. point C, and I was getting the locker room ready and making sure the venue was getting ready. Mm-hmm. And so John handled money at the door. Mm-hmm. And then there was a member of John's circle, and I don't uh, want to say his name, yes. uh, who handled money. Yes. A young, impressionable yeah. man. Cash, significant mm. amounts of cash mm-hmm. that came in. So at the end of the night, John counted all the money that wrestlers gave him for tickets sold and ticket master money, but gate money, nobody knows. Right. There was... Definitely 1,500 in the building. Yeah. There was not a significant amount of comps, maybe 150 comps circulated through radio. Do you
2: remember looking out that long piano window and just seeing waves and waves and waves of walk-up coming? It was insane.
0: Leading up to that day, John was like, you're not going to sell, you're not going to sell, we're going to have 300 people in there. And I said, The boys have more than 300 tickets. He's like, that's all we're going to sell. Because Ticketmaster wasn't getting traction. We were on the radio and we were heavily, heavily. And then I remember going in stressed because I was like, God, I don't know. I know there's going to be 500, but I told him I I staked a thousand people. And... Good thing Louie wasn't
2: promoting the show. Yes.
0: And then we get to the venue, but there was a buzz. And I remember you and DiCaprio, yeah. Ronnie Attitude saying to me, man, everyone I know is coming. Everyone I'm at, strangers are coming up to me telling me they want tickets. And all the, all the trends were there. And then I remember being in the venue in the basement and I could hear as they walked up the stairs, yeah. I could hear it. And I was like, you could hear the chatter in the building and you came down and you said, oh, it's We've got over a thousand for sure. Yeah. He said they're they're coming in waves, and I was like, and then John Newen said to me, he's like, there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I said more or less than a thousand. He said I don't know, but there's a lot of people. And then Andrew got there with Eddie, and and he, there was a moment where Andrew and I were just so relieved because we probably would have lost our jobs and been shut down mm-hmm. if that draws five hundred oh, yeah. people. Like yep. John had lost confidence. Yep. Yep, And then it draws very, very big. He almost ran it basically as a favor to
2: Will Damon and myself. Yes. Basically.
0: Yes. And, but he says he lost money. And the day after the show, his brother, Ty came up to me and he said, that was a great show. And I said, yeah, but John lost money. He said, John loses more at the casino. He said, John had a good time. He's giving you a hard time. Don't buy it. Mm -hmm. He said, you guys did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. which was good. Cause John was giving us a hard time. Even the day after we're patting ourselves on the back and he came in and broke us down. That's how he does it. Yeah. He was on me every day. Like it was mental torture. I'll tell a funny story about that. I want to go back and tell a funny Bobby J story and Vance Nevada story. Were they at that show? No, maybe Bobby was, but he, he came in as a spectator and I didn't see him. I don't yeah. think he did, but around this time, Bobby gets a meeting with John saying he wants to sell to your, Why didn't you just buy me out? Why didn't you just buy me out, eh? And John says, "Oh yeah, let's have a meeting. <laughs> so John comes to us. He says, I'm going to buy out Bobby J. He wants to sell. What? Yeah, he's going to sell the company. What's it worth? I said, nothing. I said, the ring might be worth 3000 whatever we paid for the last ring, 3500 Yeah, he wants to sell belts too. They're not worth anything. They're homemade. He wants to sell a name. It's not worth anything. Our name is already worth more. He said, well, I'll offer him, I think he said twelve dollars or $15,000. He was going to offer yeah. 12, twelve, like Very generous. It was a hell of a payoff for Bobby J. He should have taken it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they get in oh to gosh. the meeting and I'm not allowed to sit in because he thinks Bobby will, because Bobby hates me at this point. So John's like, John comes to me right before the meeting and he says, what's the most I should offer? I said, less than $5,000. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to offer him 15000 It's go away money. <laughs> and I'll give him a job, but he has to answer to you. I'm like, I don't want to work with him. I just finished that last year. He fired me. So we're sitting in there and Andrew and I, I'm like rocking on my chair. And I'm like, I hate this idea. Oh, man. So I said, Andrew, if he buys out Bobby, you and I are going down to Chalmers tonight. I'm walking in and firing Vance in front of the locker room. So I get on the phone with Vance. Vance knows Bobby's not going to sell. But Vance is being very somber like Vance is. I said, Vance, don't worry. If this deal goes through, I'm going to come talk to the guys tonight. You guys are going to still run independently and it'll all be good, Vance. I'll I'll be there, you know. We'll shake hands in front of the boys and tell everyone that we have a joint vision. I remember going down to that Chalmers show and I said to Bobby when I handed
2: over the championship, I said... This
0: was a a different show. Right, but I said to him, hey, Bobby, it's it's nothing personal because it wasn't for me. And he goes,
2: it's always going to be personal for me, eh? Yeah, and (laughs) you know what he what he he said to me?
0: He said, I got one... I got one knife in the heart and 29 knives in the back. He said, cause I guess guys had told him they weren't going to go. And only one guy said, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. So, oh, so I tell Vance, listen, I'm going to come down. But I, but I told Andrew, you're coming with me because if stardom or someone gets fancy. You're going to put them on the ground. No problem. I was going to walk in front of that locker room and say, we're going to run a show tonight. Vance, you can go home. You're fired because you're a stooge. But mm-hmm. I didn't get that chance. You know Why? Bobby goes into the meeting with John. John's going to offer him $15,000 on a paid job. Yeah. And Bobby said, and and they're going back and forth. And Bobby and John said, I, I'll offer you. And he's like, he's like, what do you want for it? And Bobby says, $150,000 or something like that. Yep. It might've been $200,000. Something ridiculous. And John's like, what, what am I getting? And he's like, you're getting my belts, my name, my group, my crew. And my, and $150,000 for my heart and soul. And John's like, get out. <laughs> or he, he might not say, get out. He might say, I, 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 I pass, yeah. I pass, shook his hand, walked him out, comes up. And he said, if you get a chance, the first thing he said to me, because he was insulted, wasted his time. Yeah. He said, when you get a chance to put this guy out of business, do not let up, put him out of business. Yeah. I yeah. believe that was what led to, we knew angels and, and Richter wanted to come yeah. over. We made the call to angels and Richter. And I think Axe also put it out there. He wanted to come over because he was on commencement I yeah. think we brought, we went and made a message. Yeah, they saw you the waste our the time. We're going to take three of your guys. Like there was a immediate retaliation. <laughs> this was warfare. Yeah. So we get past commencement and about a month after the shows at the bar are doing okay. They're not mm-hmm. making money. They're not losing money. He says he lost, a, he said he's lost a fortune at commencement. It was impossible to have lost a fortune, but we did add honky tonk man and beefcake that week. What he was losing on was the wage he was paying Andrew and I so he he goes to a he goes on a business trip with Will Damon and I think Will Damon basically said yeah I don't know if I have enough confidence and i think he actually jobbed out andrew and not me yeah because we
2: would always come up to your office and andrew was usually fucking around no you know, he was coming late but coming late showing up late like screwing around on the message board yeah
0: and it's just like you know this is like a yeah, guy. Who's i giving... was doing it too like i was on the message yeah board but
2: there's a guy giving you a legitimate salary like let's kind of treat it like it's a job
0: yeah right and i remember john wanted us to kind of monitor you guys to make sure yeah. you're taking it so, seriously John comes up with an idea that he's going to cut one of our, he's going to, one of us are not going to be on salary anymore. And the other one is going to be on salary. And I think I said, listen, we'll both take half. And Andrew was mad. If I remember correctly, Andrew was mad that I caved. He said, he he can't run this business well. both of us. Well, he saved your, he saved, you saved his job. Yeah. And I was like, listen, rather than cut one (laughs) of us, we'll both take the cut. And Andrew was very frustrated with that. He said, I should have stuck to my guns and and walked. Well, we little did we know, John didn't care if that company made it or didn't. Right. He just didn't care. Yeah. He he put his money in and he just he did not care. Yeah. He was willing to pay us, but he so okay, at that time Hank Ross, oh, starts moving out of the IT <laughs> division of the company and starts working for basically with us. Cause John wanted a babysitter for us. So he gives us Hank Ross, the old gray Fox. Yes. And Hank doesn't understand it, <laughs> right? but he tries to be helpful and he tries to be valuable. And he comes to us and he says, boys, what if I told you we could run Canwest global ballpark, which is now known as Shaw park. It's a 6,500 seat ballpark. And I was like, well, we rid 1500 in the, in the spring. Yep. We could probably, we'll, we'll do better for this show. Sure. So I said, "Well, it's going to cost too much to rent." He said, "What if I told you it cost and he makes a zero <laughs> He makes a zero sign, or a jerking off sign, whichever. Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" He's like, yeah, I know Sammy. <laughs> and he means Sam Cates. And I'm like, "There's no way we're getting this venue for free. He's Like, trust me. I go a long way. I was Sam's banker, I got go a long way back. And you know what, I actually know Sam quite well. Yes. I should maybe mention to Sam.
2: Do you recall Hank
0: Cross? I'll do that when I see him next So year. I'm going to start to condense this story because this leads to why John got out. And then we're going to talk about John. Yeah. So we we agreed to do a show called Boiling Point. It's mm. going to be at another this, great name. Yeah, it's going to be at the ballpark in the middle of July. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have Bret Hart. He has a stroke. We end up getting LOD. We got Buff, Buff Bagwell. Bag. Yep. We had a good package, yep. really good package. We drew about 1200 Yep. Not, not a financial success. Yep. But the reason it wasn't a financial success is Hank Ross said we were getting the venue for free. We ended up having to pay 6500 for the venue. We lost 6000 So if the venue had been free, we would have made $500 and had brand equity because the houses at the Palladium or the Lid at this point, Stratosphere at this point, went up after the show. Yeah, and at this point for
2: John, he doesn't care. The bloom is off the road yeah. a little bit. And most importantly, Will Damon is
0: a little bit on cruise control. Yeah, mentally and, starting to check out.
2: Yeah, and disenfranchised with, because like, again, when you're in this business when you love it, love it, love it, you have to live it. And he didn't. Yeah, He was getting too preoccupied with the day-to-day of the of the real job, which I don't blame him. But like, it was eventually, Will Damon didn't care if it went away or not. Yeah. Because he would find some other thing to occupy his time. But I really cared. Yeah. But now it's not just Damon and I, it's just me. Yeah. So. And John is, that summer, he yeah. just doesn't care. And, and John is probably in the, Involved with some extracurricular activities, which are, uh, you know, it's taken away from some of his focus on
0: other things. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes, we will. So we get called into a meeting in John's office. He said, what is the show going to cost? And I give him the, I would already had a breakdown. I said, this is what we're looking at. This is going to cost us 21,000 or I think it was budgeted to come in at 18 or there was, there was a number. Yeah. He's like, I'm not covering it. <laughs> and I was like, What? We're going to cancel it. I said, this is very important to our business. I'm not covering it. And I was like, and Andrew makes his case. Andrew impassionately says you have, like, this is part of the deal. Mm -hmm. And John's like, he had these two big fuzzy dice. That's right. And he's like, do you want to, do you want to shake on it? And I was like, what? He's like over or under seven. And Andrew's like, don't do it. And I said, over. He threw the dice came up nine or 10 <laughs> and he wow. said, I guess I'm in. So nice. I shook his hand right away and wow. he's in. Andrew said, why did, why didn't you do that? Andrew hated the way I dealt with John because I acquiesced to him. But John also is a gambler and John did not care. Right. John was going to quit. Yes. So if I don't come up with a way where he stays in, he's out. Yeah. So. John says he's in, but then a couple days later, he says, I don't think you have a way to make money. I'm out. And he meant it. He said, mm-hmm. you guys can continue to run PCW, but you have to fund it yourselves, and you guys can stay working for me in the call center, but you're not, I'm not paying you for to run wrestling anymore. It's still, when, eventually you guys can buy it from me, or, but you can keep operating for now, but I'm not paying any more money. Mm-hmm. And this is before Boiling Point. And I'm uh, you're stressed. I'm distraught. I remember. We have to send money to the LOD's plane tickets. I I was in the same spot as Rob and Louie. Rob Steele and Louie yep. from CNWEA. Well, your money existed at one point. It didn't. I didn't have my own money.
1: Well, yeah, but so, you had a guy.
0: No. I he went, was out. I went yeah. to my I went to my dad. And I said, "Dad, like what can we do?" And he's like, "Call I'll call the credit union. I'll get you, I'll co-sign a loan for you." And I took out $6,500. I lost 4,000 of it, 5,000 of it. And, you know, I Andrew scraped together whatever he could. That's right. And, you know, yeah. and sidebar, how many people locally right now
2: would be prepared to lose $4,000 of your
0: own money?
2: Yeah. None of them.
0: Nope. Nobody. But I, I knew what we had built. Yes. And I thought, okay, this show is important to whatever we're going to evolve to. I did not know what would happen. Hmm. And I thought, okay, let's try to prove something on this show and John will come back. Yeah. I didn't know. So we had to do it. If we didn't do it, we're dead. Well, we would be essentially dead. So we did it. Lost 4,000. Okay. We're going to keep going. I'm in this deep. If I remember correctly, my girlfriend lent me money too. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Like it was rough. We, every last dollar I could get. Anyway. So show lost a little bit of money and, uh, but it was a good a good show. Yeah. Really good show. And Tom and John ended up, there was a point where John was frustrated about something or John, I can't remember, but John was like, he wanted picture money. And then he was like, look at the gate. He all of a sudden was energized the night of the show. Like he thought he was back in and he let Hank work the entire, right up to the event. And then the show lost money. We ended up fighting with Canva's global over how much we owed them. Yep. It was bad. Oh yeah, It was I can relate to Rob and Louie almost, but we came through. We found the money. So John is out. And that's when PCW became Andrew and Mike. And after a year of that, it didn't work for Mike. It worked for Andrew, but it didn't work for Mike because I wanted the vision was you run four times a year a major event to feed your weekly show. If you don't run that major event, The weekly show will die. And
2: right. it was dying. So Boiling Point happened in July of 2002. The next scheduled major event was November.
0: November was going to be called Reflection, Reflection of
2: Perfection. Uh, Reflection of Perfection, myself against Kurt Hennig. And then they did not run another quote-unquote super show until July of 2003 for the second Boiling Point with D'Lo Brown at that bar. Didn't happen. Yeah, it did happen.
0: no. Are you sure? We canceled. It was supposed to be on it was supposed to be on Portage Avenue. What was that bar called? Avenue. Was that what it was? It was right across Are you from the sure, MTS Center. We the show didn't happen. And that's actually right around that around that time I knew I was out. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not doing bigger, you're not you're you're going to go out right. you, you can't tread water forever. Yeah. And, and I think I was getting frustrated at that everyone point. Everyone was too. Adam yeah. Knights, yeah. Chichi Cruz, Business didn't, we, we hit, hit a peak with you and Cheech crowning the first PCW champion yeah. and business went down and Andrew and Tom, who were stakeholders to a degree, cause Tom was a benefactor if the business was good. They were like, cut your crew. And I was like, we can cut the crew. We can, we can cut back, but we won't grow. We have to like, we have to figure out what we're doing. Yeah. I was, lo- and then it got to a point where we were losing money on a few shows and I was taking it out of my paycheck. I couldn't do it. So I said, you know what, I gotta go. It's just, you know, it wasn't a clean break, but it was a break. It was around like September, or October of two thousand and three, because we
2: ran Action
0: Wrestling Entertainment in November. In November, because Coyotes was going to do business with Ernie. Yes, and we found out, and I went, and I, they called me. Yeah, said you, you want to do a show, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm free agent. Yeah. And I can take a lot of the business. Yeah. And Kerry had me to a meeting, but. He'd already made a commitment to Ernie because I remember meeting with Carrie in the Palomino Club in the
2: basement downstairs. Yeah. Yes, during the day. Yeah. It was on a Tuesday. Yeah, because you, I me and Sheech. Yeah, because that Monday. remember the the booty shake Mondays that we yeah. talk about here that are still going on at the world famous Palomino yeah. club. They, I remember seeing the, the floor was sticky from all the, yeah. all the beer that was spilled. So I remember having that meeting. And again, that was in September of 2000. Cause I quit very late August and that was September, 2003. So, but again, talking about action, wrestling, entertainment, a W E. Yeah. The whole goal of that was, again, to take what we did in PCW and bring that to the next yeah, level. But I'm was getting a little ahead anyway, of ourselves.
0: So let's go back to John. Yeah. John leaves. And nobody ever, very few people got to know John. And here's why John lost his interest in wrestling. Before commencement of Cool March 2003, a couple weeks before, we go to walk into our offices in his building. And we're stopped by police. Whether it was RCMP or the RCMP. Yeah. And they inform us that if you work for the business that John owned, you're not allowed to go past this point. They were exercising a search warrant and wow, <laughs> like John is in the deli right next door. He's laughing about it. These spirits are good. Mm-hmm. He said they got nothing on us, but yep. if you knew, and I'm not going to say you did or didn't, cause that's not fair to you. But if you knew what was happening in the call center, you weren't surprised that the authorities might want to look into what was happening. I can speak on
2: that. Okay. And uh, so the call center, I mean, if you've ever worked in a call center before, it was a very aggressive form of marketing, a, um, Assumptive sale. Yeah. A digital product. And I always knew because I was one of the guys involved with developing a lot of the techniques for selling this thing. And, My team that I managed was the best team all the time, <laughs> of course. But, um, and I knew we always straddled that line. Yeah. And,
0: um, but I- Straddled the line of legal and illegal. Yes, yes. So, and then- Using language creatively to make-
2: Yes, but John always had, um, he would always show us this book, that would outline what the appropriate um, guidelines are for this type of telemarketing. And there were questions that I had, and he would always be able to reference the book and he would show, he'd have the book, he'd yeah. show it to me, and he would show me everything. And he goes, What we're doing here is completely le- legitimate, which is why he was laughing about all this stuff. Yeah. Um, however, what he didn't inform me and what I didn't know is the book that he was showing me was an American. Book because we marketed our business in Canada to American companies. Yep. So this would have flied in the U S however, because we were in Canada selling to the U S there is, I guess a bit of a loophole where this is not technically valid Yeah. and I'm not a lawyer Yeah. and I didn't know this, but I will say this. If I thought for one second, anything that we ever did there, was illegal i would have never yeah. been there unethical perhaps yeah um at times yeah but if i ever thought
0: it was illegal i would not have been there so you would get a commission on a sale so you would call an american and you would say well we don't we need to go into probably well script. you would say this would have been ordered by somebody in your company and they'd say, okay, well, I'll send you to billing and you get a PO number. And they would often think, oh, somebody else in the company ordered it. And they would they would agree to process payment. It's like a white collar yeah. oh, type that's, of thing.
2: That is greasy. It was boiler room,
0: essentially. Yeah. 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 It, was, yeah. it
2: was definitely boiler room. And so.
0: they were bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. I believe it. Yeah. Yes. I
2: remember I was on what they called gold leads. Mm. And I was going to university at the time and I would work there, uh, I think two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I was making like $8,000 a week. Wow. That tells you how much the call center was. While I was going to, because these gold leads are people that have already purchased in the past. And they think they're getting an updated version. Yes. And they were. And it was the easiest. It was like, bang, 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 bang.
0: And the thing was, what they were selling was an actual product. Yes. You were getting a CD-ROM. Yeah. And it it could be valuable to a business. But it, you know, there was not any clarity to the person who was receiving the phone call Yeah, who, like when it was ordered or who ordered it and they would eventually send it to payments without knowing all the logistics. Right. So John, so John got the search warrant in March or in February. That boy. And that seemed to change him. And then commencement of cool changed him too mm-hmm. because we went out to Brandon and he spent time. Oh boy. Do I go there? Dark sure. side. Well, it's the DCs of the Rees. He spends a lot of time partying with honky tonk man and Brutus beefcake. We'll leave it at that. It was, it changed him. Like mm-hmm. it changed him. And after that, he was irritable, not because of the party. Mm-hmm. I think it was the pressure of, he was dealing with lawyers about the search warrant. And yep. He was finding out what, where they were taking it. And he became more and more irritable and yep. more, less and less. Like he was not on board but he wasn't saying what was going on. Mm-hmm. He was showing up at shows less. He was caring less. And you could just tell he was checked out. He was preoccupied. It started other in November. And by April, he did not care. And then we got close to boiling point and he was like, I don't, I don't care guys. I'm out. And then he was out, but he showed up at the show and still gave the perception. He was running the show. Mm-hmm. And then soon after around November of that year. Mm-hmm. So he's out. We're yep. still operating weekly shows at the, yep. at the stratosphere. I remember I go into work one day. Yep. November of 2002. And I'm working in the call center. Cause I stayed on after he cut my pay. Cause I needed a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And one day you were downstairs. I was upstairs. Yep. And all of a sudden. A long, long van pulls up. And White all, van. all these police officers and windbreakers come in. The back door
2: opens and about eight. Guys, look like the SWAT team. A raid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Four yeah. people
0: were arrested. We're not going to say who. Yeah, I was not. You were not. Nope. Um, but I was upstairs, and all of a sudden we hear somebody came in and said, "Everyone, put your phones down," because we were all on call. call We were basically
2: getting people to go out the back door. Yeah, yeah. They were on un- because the call center was locked. You couldn't get into the call center from the front, so the tried to do an evacuation. Yeah, so the back door. We just had yep. everybody go out the back door. Because, again, these are just normal people doing their job, right? Under the
0: guidelines that we were provided. Yeah. And that everything was on the up and up. Yep. And then after you got the call center empty, you open the door and they go and they talk to who they needed to talk to. Yes. And for us upstairs, it was basically our supervisor was by name called to the reception desk. Mm -hmm. You could tell by the the receptionist's face was like- What is going on? Someone might have died. And she came up and she said, hey- uh, They're asking for you at the front. She got up and walked as she walked out of the room. Two guys came in and said, get off the phone. We are the RCMP. If you continue on your phone call, you could be charged. We're shutting this place down. We've arrested people and you could be arrested if you continue doing what you're doing. Okay. I put down my phone, got up. Somebody said, we're not going to be doing business the rest of the day. You guys can all leave. I left. Um, I don't remember seeing much going on as I left. La- I think i went and found you. you know, yeah. We, you found me and then I went to the gym and Ross
2: skills came with me to the gym. Yeah. And then Ross skills said to me, so when do you think, cause Ross skills also worked there. One half of yeah. assisted suicide. Ross skills said, when, when do you think we'll be able to go back to work? And I looked at him and go, dude, we're not going back to work. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. I it's filed done. for my EI that day. It's done. I called my dad. Yeah. This was right before Christmas time. I remember this. I called my dad. And now when the RCMP comes in, this is like a now Sheldon pedal. Yeah. From the RCMP. That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Weird name. to so remember. Sheldon pedals listening. And yeah. He's Pop yeah. shout out to Sheldon pedal. Sheldon pedal.
2: P E D yes. D L E. I remember the name. Yeah. So I remember, but I had to tell my, my father and I was embarrassed Yeah. because I said to him, Hey dad, here's what happened. Yeah. And then he just said, well, I, but you can't work at this place anymore. I go, well, of course not. Like there's not even an option. Yeah. Right. Like, I've, we had and to move I, on with our lives. And I writ, wrote up a formal
0: letter of resignation. So that it was documented and just left. I will say you know? that one of the four people arrested was John Nguyen. Yeah. And it was uh life changing for me. Like, cause I knew John was never coming back after boiling point. Like he was done yeah. with wrestling and, but he stayed nice to me. Like he was yep. very, he was always very nice to me except mm. for when he, we would be on a high and he'd want to break me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, and Andrew continued to, we continued to run, but we weren't in an office together and tension arose. Um And eventually I left PCW, as I said, and Andrew continued to run it till this day, although he's not running any live events. Right. And then we ended up obviously competitors when I started AWE and the goal of AWE was to get on pay-per-view. We did that. Right. We ended up with a TV contract, thanks to Scott Carnegie, really the guy that put us on the map. Mm-hmm. And Andrew continued to run. He had Kenny Omega as his top dog. Mm-hmm. Kenny, he put in the ring with AJ Sanchez or AJ Styles. And so Joe. Andrew and I go two different paths to happy endings. John Newman's path ends tragically. And in December of 2003, I remember this very well. Yep. I was at a press conference with Daryl Walski t- announcing Hockey Gladiators, the hockey fight pay-per-view. And somebody said, did you see the front page of the Winnipeg Sun? I said no, and you called me. Mm-hmm. You said John Newen is is dead, and I was like, what? And you said suicide, and I was like, what? And you said, look at the front page of the Winnipeg Sun. That's John, and it was a picture underneath a police blanket, and you could see John's feet, and it said John Newen, Winnipeg businessman, under indictment for fraud I believe something yeah and we had
2: been we hadn't worked for John in over a year at this point yeah right? and the company his original company had restarted up so he basically said you know F you. a lot of people continued to work there mm-hmm. despite the fact that the RCMP rated it and for whatever reason I mean they got bills yeah. to pay but you know I chose to go the other way yeah. because when it was when it was spelled out to me that this was unethical, yeah. I couldn't look at myself. In the exactly.
0: Mirror. Once I knew that. Because yes. I'd always heard that the script had been approved by lawyers. Yes. And even though I knew. Okay, I'd the, seen documentation and yeah. all that stuff. I believed. I believed. And I, I, when I called, I didn't get a lot of sales. Yeah. Because I, there was a line I didn't cross. Yeah. And I screwed around a lot, like, because I'm not a very good at a call center. <laughs> but it was, he's gone. John died and mm. chose to die. And. Wow. You, you think about the opportunities in life that have been presented to you. You've had many, you've mm-hmm. had many, I've had, I can talk about some of the biggest opportunities in my life.
2: Hey, John, Newen helped get me financially established where I was able to do a lot of he things. He also, when you were going to,
0: when you were going to go audition for Tough Enough and you had to fly to Denver, the tryout. Denver, Colorado. Yeah. He paid for that flight. Mm-hmm. He yep. was so proud of you. And that was in January of 2020. June of 2002. So even though he'd pulled his money from us, which I remember, guys in our office were like, I can't believe he's paying for Madison to do this. And actually, and, pulling, and
2: John's mother came to me. And, you know, in the Vietnamese tradition or whatever family, she basically said that I was family. And she gave me like $500 U.S. cash. Wow. And I said, I can't take this. And she's like, for everything you do for us and our family, please, this is the least we can do.
0: And I thought, wow, that was... It was a big deal in the office that you were going to tough enough, like you were going to try out. I
2: filmed a lot of the things because back then there was no Dropbox or anything like that. You needed to do a phone interview on speakerphone while you were recording it and then purulate that tape to them so they knew that it was really you. And they
0: could see your reactions yes. to, as you were talking. Yes. Yeah. So, it was a big deal. Yeah. John, uh, So I talk about the greatest opportunities I've ever had in my life. And you always hear me say WFX. You'll hear me say great cop being on the field mm-hmm. for the 2021 great Cup, where the bombers took me to Hamilton as part of their traveling party. And it was, uh, none of it happens. Two things. my dad, paid for me to go to broadcasting college. I got a TV. I got to be a TV anchor that gave me a resume that looked like I was legitimate. John and believe John, believing enough to invest in me. I even say Bobby J taking your word for it in advances to give yep. me the book. I never would have got the chance, Yeah. but John saying I'll back you guys on American Thanksgiving, 2001. Sets it all up. There would not be a podcast today. There would not have been a WFX. There would not have been an AWE. There would not be guys getting
2: guaranteed money,
0: yeah. getting the payoffs. When I came back to this city, nobody was getting paid. Yeah, that's a great point. Nobody. If, if John Newman doesn't come forward and start, Bobby J might still be running top rope. Ernie might still be fighting for local supremacy. And the standard was here and it was never going up. Yeah. It was never, they were never going to go outside of their comfort zone. They were happy to run community club wrestling off the gate, $5 a ticket, spread out a little bit of money amongst the boys. And that was it. There yeah. was no business structure. There was nobody who tried to push it better. John Newman believed in you, Shane Madison, Will Damon, myself, Andrew, Adam Knight, that original crew has, that was the first time an investor said, I'll put my money where my mouth is and I'll. I'll back you guys. and for that, I will forever be grateful to John Newen because that's why PCW existed and that led to a lot of other opportunities.
1: So ultimately, can you how would you sum up John's contribution as a wrestling backer somebody who dream big, somebody who you know let you do your thing where other people wouldn't let you do it?
0: I often think two things and you'll be able to build on this. Mm-hmm. What would John Newman have done if the police didn't get involved? Would he have stayed focused? And because all of a sudden he had to pay lawyers and guess where that, where he doesn't want to lose money anymore. Yeah. And by the plan of 2005, where I could get TV clearance and pay-per-view clearance and he had legitimate income money, whereas Jeff Dick didn't. <laughs> and that'll be our future edition of DCs of the local Rees. But I think John might have circled back and said, wow, you know, I he might have come back. It's, and I sound like a jilted lover when I say he may have come back. I think he would have been happy and proud that he backed a guy that actually had a vision that could go bigger. He would have seen it. I think he would have been, I think there would have been a, at a very least, a genuine handshake and a congratulations. And it's hard to imagine. But John's legacy is a lot of guys in this town who were around at that time during the Jeff Dick or John Nguyen era, there's not, there's never been an investor who said $40,000, no problem. It was, I'll build a ring and we'll build from scratch, but nobody with money would put it where, and that's why those guys who think that they're bigger than any opportunity you helped create for them or I helped create for them, they can go F themselves because it's not easy to convince somebody to believe in. Adam Knight or Kevin Chevy, who says that I underpaid him or, you know, Danny Duggan or any of those guys. And to do that, you have to have somebody who can, who can make the person believe and who can work their ass off and prove there's a business structure behind it. And guys like you that will give credibility to that. Yeah. There's, it's only been done twice.
2: And these are two people that I've introduced to this. Yeah. That's why we're going deep on it. So, and that's why when we say when we talk about some of the qualifications that we have, you know, we're not just, we didn't just show up here. We didn't, we, there's a long track record yeah. of us trying to do something bigger yeah. and better and more important and more impressive and leave a legacy yeah. so that these other promotions and
0: wrestlers have something to do, have somewhere to go work. Yeah. And, and there's a, an effort. I'll tell you something. Last February, I had, the guy that was the next guy that was going to write a check. But the problem was
2: I didn't introduce you to this guy.
0: No, <laughs> but that's the problem. I would have had to not work <laughs> 70 hours a week on my other projects. Yep. And I I also was going to put my own money in. Like it was a case where I was going to put in, you know, a large sum. Yeah. And Let's and, say and someone else was going to match it. So it's leave it to me to find these guys. Yeah. I'll find them for you. There, There's been the odd person on the podcast. Send me a note on Facebook and say, how much are we talking? And I'll say, it's an excessive amount of money. Yeah. yeah. And they'll say, I still want to hear a figure. And you think, oh, that's how it starts. And so you have to premise it with, I don't know that I have the energy I once did. And I certainly don't have the arrogance and the tenacity and the, I can do this. I don't, I don't have what I used to have. I still have something, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. So John's legacy though, he believed in people. And he wanted it to explode. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad we did this today. Yeah. man, like, and I you, knew it was going to be something. I hope people love hearing it. Cause yeah. we, we gave you a play by play of how that whole thing, that was a major day. So I always say, and I'll, I'll cut this short. Cause I'm sure we're running high on t- hard on time. The Vance, Nevada era ended the day John Newman came in because Vance, he lost his credibility in this market. And then when he shits on Winnipeg, it's because John Nguyen wouldn't have given him the, a moment of time. No. He would not have given him a minute of his time because Vance could never have done, he could never have gone in front of John and convinced yeah. Now he could because he's an economic development officer. But at that time, he could never have pulled it off. Or,
2: have, or had achieved the standard yeah. that John was looking to achieve. Yeah. And that's basically, and with John, you know, when we talk about his legacy. I mean, you know, I have... Honestly, that was a really fun time in oh. my life. And, you know, tragically, I remember the day and PCW, you and I showed up at the show. Yeah. We did a 10 bell salute for yeah. John and and they're saying it was a suicide. And it We've wa- always wondered. Well, it wasn't a suicide.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Like he, he ended up outside of a hotel yeah. on the ground from an upper floor. Who
2: jumps out of a window? Yeah. Let's just say I have people who may have investigated... Sheldon Peddle? No, not Sheldon <laughs> Peddle. friend of mine... He's had, on the case. friend of mine had investigated that, and he had said to me, uh, he was thrown out of the window. Yeah. And then... And I, I also said, heard
0: it was someone close to him. Well, and I
2: said to him, what, like, so what, what are we going to, like, are you guys going to look for this? Like, how, do we have any leads? And he basically said, when people like that get thrown out of the window, we don't really... Look for any of that. Yeah. So, and that's ultimately what happened. John got in with some, I guess, some bad people, maybe did some bad deals. Again, I'm just speculating. All I can say is he's provided me a lot. A lot of people here that are getting the opportunity to do what they love to do, they have John Newman to thank for it.
0: You know, and like anyone that was around around that time, or even the next generation, the Danny Duggins, AJ Sanchez's, if John doesn't come through, Jeff Dick doesn't ever. Yeah,
2: this this was all about, not about wrestling at the Fall Fair at the Red River X or wrestling at Chalmers Community Club. This was about doing something better, doing yeah. something bigger, getting people to look at it as something legitimate, taking it seriously, taking yourself seriously, believing in yourself, taking things to the next level. That's all we've ever wanted to do. And we would get to a point somewhere else and we would start stalling. We're like, you got to go to the next thing. And then we would find the next thing and the next thing where we continued
0: continued to grow and here we are today thanks for listening to d's c's of the local reese a special edition of b she's wrestling